Hello, and welcome to the Mind Your Marketing Podcast, the space where I, Allison from AllisonReeves.co, explore mindset and marketing by sharing others' entrepreneurial stories. Every week, we dive into a success story and learn how guests started their business, grew their income, overcame struggles, and mastered their mindset. For more training and takeaways and transcripts from each and every episode, check out the blog at AllisonReeves.co. And now, on to this week's episode. All right, so today we have Erin Urban with us, and um, Erin, I love your, your um, strategic placement of your book in the background there for our audio listeners. She's got her Elevate Your Career book hanging out in the background of her video. So Erin and I are we're good friends. We both are long-distance cyclists in Houston, but we're also colleagues, fellow entrepreneurs, and uh, we've both been on our own for a while now, and Erin has a really interesting story of kind of going from corporate leadership to going off on her own and then pivoting, so we're going to talk to her all uh, today about her organic marketing strategy, how she got into pivoting. And then Erin is also an expert in a lot of the more um, kind of depth mindset work that I really love talking about. So we're probably going to dive into her own personal journey along those lines and share some tips and advice with everyone. So with all of that said, I'm going to let Erin introduce herself maybe a little bit more thoroughly and then ask her a million questions. And Erin, with that, I'll let you tell us who you are, where we can find you, and then we'll go from there. I love a million questions. Bring it. So yes, my name is Erin Urban. Obviously, you can find out more about me at coacheurban.com. And who I am is I help driven, high-achieving leaders and teams elevate their impact and influence without sacrificing your well-being. That's very important. Yeah, love it. And so you started in the corporate world, and I kind of did too, but you were um, doing change management. So why don't you tell us kind of where you started in your career and why did you go off on your own full-time? Yeah, great question. So <laughs> looking back over it, it's like, wow, you changed careers a lot. And I did. I changed careers about five times and people were like, can I change my career? Yes, that would be your answer. Of course you can. And can I thrive as an entrepreneur? Yes, of course you can. Um, but looking back over, it really makes a lot of sense. So I came from um, a very enriching background in architectural design, both um, exterior and interior design, um, put over 875 homes on the ground. And from there, I, with my rich project management experience, I decided to take that on and really go with the facilities interiors, got bored or rather hit a glass ceiling, just was tired of it, I think, um, got to the point where I think I know everything I need to know about project management. Thank you very much. And I really like making things better. So I decided to become a Lean Six Sigma black belt, which now has nothing to do with karate or anything like that. It really (laughs) has more to do with continuous improvement. Basically making what you do better, like improving processes, communication, morale, the whole nine. And one day I woke up and said, gosh, wouldn't it be great if this was more effective because leaders keep changing their mind. Those silly leaders, if they would just embody the change, it would all be perfect. So I became leadership development certified and then learned that the leaders we really want to change aren't seeking change. (laughs) Regardless, what I'd love to do out of all the coaching consulting that I've done over the years is really help people thrive. And it's interesting, as you evolve in your career and your life journey, I find you become more and more towards your center, like that, that niche we love to talk about, you must niche as an entrepreneur, that niche, it becomes easier over time. And I think part of it's because we really get very comfortable with knowing what we don't like. <laughs> yeah, 
what I what I think is interesting about your story too is like I think a lot of people are going to relate to this. So I just kind of want to you said it, but I want to pinpoint it a little bit more. I think a lot of people relate to they find their what their joy is and what their superpower is, and it may not always necessarily be appreciated by the people who really need it. And so over time in your career, as you became increasingly more skilled and realized what people needed, you found yourself in a space where you knew you could have massive impact and where the environment you were in appreciated the least out of, out of the other environments you'd been in. And so I'm guessing, like I, from what I recall, that was a pretty big motivator for you kind of being like, yeah, I think I'm ready to just help people who want to be helped now. Right. Yeah, absolutely. What's interesting too is... It's all how we hmm, we brand our messaging. You know, really, when you look at it, if you go out there and say, "Oh, let me help you be a better leader," well, good luck. Uh, that probably won't work. However, if you come off like my tagline: "More income, more impact, more influence," you're like, "Oh yeah, I want that." Well, of course, you want that. How you get there, however, is becoming a better version of yourself, whether it be a leader, an entrepreneur, etc. So. You know, we don't have to tell them how we make the cheese. It's just the t- cheese is tasty and you want more cheese, right? Yeah, who doesn't love cheese? Right. And cheese. so, like, one of the biggest, like, when you go off on your own and everyone has, like, there's so many different ways you can market yourself on the internet and the reason why, is, you know, the reason why there's so many gurus is because there's a lot of different things that work. And so can you talk to us about how, because you had a really great um uh, so you kind of had a, a slow but steady buildup in your income and then had a really great couple of years. So what are you doing now? Like what are the main ways you're marketing yourself? How has that changed in the last two years since the beginning of 2020 to now early in 2022? And then we'll start start with that and go from there. Yeah, that's a great question too. So it obviously has shifted and, and yours truly is also going through what I call 2020, the great reflection, right? We all had to pause whether we liked it or not. And now, you know, we're seeing the great reset or the great resignation if you're in corporate. Well, for a lot of us, we're finding more clarity, right? really identifying what is my quote unquote zone of genius. And I use zone of genius because that's a lot of the coaching I do is helping people find their zone of genius. Like, where do I thrive the most? What really drives me? What are my strengths, gifts, and talents? And how can I leverage that to uh, fuel a career, whether that's an entrepreneur or as in corporate, you know, something I truly thrive in for a long term. Because up until I feel the 2020, the pandemic, we have been what's next? What's next? What's next? What's, what, what's next? We've been so busy. We haven't even had time to settle long enough to even have these contemplations. And even if we did have kind of an idea, like, yeah, I really like to do this, we just get so distracted. It's like all these things coming at us. So how I've evolved is, is truly finding my zone of genius, <laughs> to be honest. Because before the pandemic, I would have to say I was more of a holistic you know, coach, which could do everything from finding your clarity to making transition to helping you thrive and all these things. And yes, I could still do that. But out of all of that, what truly sparks joy, you can see my quote fingers here, <laughs> for you. <laughs> and that was, you know, finding the zone of, helping people find their zone of genius. Yeah. And so, and I love that. I mean, and your shift has been so beautiful to watch. How has the way that you've gotten clients changed? Because I'm, you're one of your things, one of your superpowers, for those of you who don't know, Aaron, is like 
her in-person speaking events is like the most, I mean, you've got a powerful presence like on the internet, but in person, she is just absolute fire. Like her, her presence and her speaking is definitely one of her many strong suits. And so how has like the way that you actually get clients changed from then to now? Right. So obviously 2020, guess what? We're going virtual. In fact, I was one of the first speakers that helped a lot of professional organizations shift and make that transition. And because I think I immediately saw that need and dove in, terrified, scared, reluctant, whatever, it didn't matter. I knew I needed to do it. So I dove in both feet. And in 2020, I, I gosh, I, I'm not even sure how many virtual presentations and conferences I did. Let's just say it was a lot. We had, I had weeks that I would do three to four. And I, I don't recommend that, FYI. So that was really the big shift. And as you know, virtual, while you do get engagement there, you do get um, response there. It was a little bit slower and that was twofold. One, because it wasn't in person and two, part of it was my fault. And when I, when I truly landed on this is what I truly want to do versus kind of all the things, kind of the jack of all trades um, a little bit, that's when things really start taking off. And the, even the virtual programs became much more productive and lucrative as far as generating more leads. Yeah, that leads into my next kind of question, because I know that was a huge, like the pandemic, in addition to changing how people marketed, it also really changed, like people got a little bit more serious about like, what the hell do I actually want to do? Mm-hmm. And we're faced with these like anxieties and fears we've never been faced with before and challenges too. Um, and so how did you, in the midst of all of that, like you're dealing with the kind of anxieties of the world. You also had a lot going on in your, in your family and transitions and like, you know, moving your mom, et cetera. That was 2021. That was crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Which will, you know, get into the mindset stuff. You know, we don't have to go into details, but I know you went through a lot that year too. So how, how did you realize what you really wanted to do? Because a lot of people have a hard time with this. You know, you had a decent niche. It wasn't like you were so broad, but you were still broad enough to where you felt spread thin. And so how did you finally decide like, okay, this is what I'm actually gonna focus on what I really wanna do. How did you discover that finally? Well, I would love to say, yeah, I did this thing and there's this other thing and there's this process and here we can replicate it and make a million dollars. Uh, yeah, that <laughs> it was one, becoming aware that I needed to find my quote unquote zone of genius. I know I keep coming back to that, but it, it really is very poignant. Um, so there was the awareness. And then two, there was the acute, I guess, aha moment that you cannot do everything. One of what the things- What was that moment? Yeah, well, it was throughout from 2020 through t- particularly 2021. Because 2021, not only did I bite off a lot personally and um, somewhat professionally, because I launched my best-selling book January 2021, and it was like, and then the world blew up um, for me personally. I mean, it was just everything. I recognized that 
in order to survive, I had to simplify. Mm. And it's very interesting because right now we're going through such a tremendous compounding change cycle socioeconomically. That's what I'm coaching and advising people to really focus on simplifying because complexity, not only is it inaccessible because our cups are already full, but it's necessary for survival. So with all that being said, I also needed to put energy back in to me and to my core being and a truly align with that which brings me joy. I mean, that which lights my spark, bring you know, connects with my inner brilliance. And yes, I can do all these other things and I bring money, but eh, you know. <laughs> so really uh, getting firm on the, okay, this is, I've identified these things. Well, yes, I'm competent. Yes, they do a service. Yes, they're helpful. However, at the end of the day, if I had to prioritize my three service lines, I would say, this is really what I want to do, right? Um, so that's what it took. So it was really out of necessity. It was like, it was you got to the point where you're like, yeah. I, I literally cannot, like, there's some people who are like, oh, I might choose this, I might choose this. But you were like, I am literally going to die. I'm going to choose one thing. And so, and I think you probably, I don't know if this is true or not, correct me if I'm wrong, but because you made the decision to narrow down proactively when you realize like the walls are closing in, I think you avoided burnout because you knew with your background and expertise that like, mm -hmm. I've been winding this down for a while. And if I don't do it right this second, like this is the only way I'm going to make it through. That's right. I've burned out two or three times, one, one time, very hard, twice soft, what I call soft burnouts came close though. I came close in 2021. I knew I was reaching the end of my, my candle, if you will. That candle was burning and it was burning hard. I was reaching the end of it and it was right before Christmas. It was right after Thanksgiving. I took the rest of, I took, I did some um, presentations. I did some workshops, wrapped up the year. And I took after this, I think it was like the 9th or 10th of December. I was done. I'm out. <laughs> because I knew and for the rest of that year the only thing I had on my plate was to create my 2022 business plan and very and, and come to this conclusion you know that was the only thing I needed even the contemplating do, doing anything that had to do with work gave me extreme anxiety so I knew that I was I I came close even though I, I think I did a masterful job of managing everything on my plate. And for anybody, just, just to get a scope of it, I don't want to obsess about it at all, but just to give you a scope, you know, best-selling book, January. Move Mom right before that, actually. So over Christmas um, in 2020, Move Mom, three days, <laughs> packed her up, moved her across country. Um, that took another trip back, sold her home, 80-acre farm from over 2,000 miles away with a poor realtor, let's not go there, started a new build on the house and moved her into, which was another property that we had purchased, managed, project managed that, we're just finally wrapping that up now, and then because we didn't have enough to do, oh yeah, don't let me forget, I also um, signed up for and completed one of the top premier coaching certifications in the country with Coach Rice through Rice University. Uh, 
And then, because we didn't have enough to do, we decided to put our townhome on the market, which meant a massive effort in prep and to get that sold and then moved all of our stuff. So I moved all mom's stuff. That, by the way, was three families worth of crap. <laughs> Can you say that word on your podcast? I don't know. Anyway, moved all <laughs> yeah, <that>. yeah. <laughs> And so, yeah. Oh, and management business. Yeah. And so how did you decide what got to stay? I mean, that's a lot of things in one year. And so business kind of went, business was just like the absolute minimum for other people who are, and I think, you know, you got close to burnout, but I think because you'd been burned out before and because you knew, like, you kind of knew what that felt like you, yeah. And so what advice do you have for people who are, I have this question that I, I want to do a training on, but in my free group, the Mindful Marketing Mavens, we had this question. Actually, no, it was my paid group, the Monstation Accelerator Program. Somebody asked that they said they were feeling like that pre-burnout feeling. Yeah. Like I keep dreading, like I see the busyness. I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Like how mm. do I avoid that? And so I think I, you know, I was going to do a free training on that, but I think you can speak to that. But like, how do you avoid when you're starting to feel that like pre-burnout feeling, how can you put the brakes on without, you know, reducing your income or momentum? Absolutely. So one, just to help some people recognize what pre-burnout might look like. So let's just consider something you enjoy doing. And if that considering that doesn't kind of bring you a spark of happiness, chances are you're already on the edge. Um, if you think about work or the source of your stress or source of the burnout and you experience anxiety, chances are that could be happening. If you are, if you catch yourself feeling, gosh, I really hate doing this or I really don't want to do this. Yeah. Also a problem. So how to avoid that? You know, one, what can you simplify? Now, coming back to the simplification because complexity just simply doesn't work and the reason this is important and for those of you who don't know i'm also a neuroscience nerd so i study like what's going on socially socioeconomic impacts behavioral science etc i have a certification in leadership psychology yada 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 basically understanding that our cup is full right now at this moment we have disaster fatigue. We have a lot going on. So it's important to acknowledge that first of all. And then as an entrepreneur, understand that that's a massive um, responsibility as well. So what can you simplify? What, what extraneous things that are not serving you can you let go of? Hence the niching down, <laughs> right? This is one of those catalysts. You know, what can you let go of that's not serving you? And also, what can you do to bring wellness and well-being into your life Mm. immediately? Um, One of the things that was for me was because I was juggling so much. My brain was in high beta. So high beta is a very agitated brainwave state where it's difficult to think, difficult to focus. It feels like bees are bouncing around inside of your head. You know, your thoughts are just all over the place. And at the end of the day, you don't feel productive and you're frustrated and it's just stress like cortisol level is very high so in order to get out of that um i found just stumbled upon a technique called mindlessness and literally what that does is it lowers your thinking levels from high beta to more alpha state which is calm clear confident steady you learn better you make better decisions 
you're you're more engaged, you're more present. Um, that saved my life. <laughs> Literally saved my life last year. It was the only way I could get through everything and manage everything. So does that answer your question? Yes, 100%. Yeah. And I love like the, I love talking to you about mindset stuff because we both, like we have a, such a different way of looking at things and also we're interested in the like exact same thing. Mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> and yeah. so I would, I don't know if this is going too off the rails here, but I think some of the things that you and I have chatted about in the past regarding mindset are really like the last conversation we had we're even getting, getting into like quantum physics and <laughs> I don't know if we want to go mm -hmm. that deep, but Erin's raising her eyebrows. Um, can you talk to me, at least from the starting with kind of a personal um, standpoint, how has mindset and your own personal mindset transformation played a role in the growth of your business? It is critical. I cannot emphasize enough the absolute essence and criticality, the importance of your mental state of being, your mindset, that tone, that mental tone. I just can't overemphasize it enough. It's absolutely essential. I'll give you an example. I've, I've been doing a lot of deep work for many years. And I've done some further, I took, I took a, a pretty significant, significant step forward um, through that break and, and some of the work that I've been doing this year, being very intentional about setting my income goals not being attached to the how, yet taking the actions necessary, and holding the right emotional resonance towards those goals. That's key. Because sometimes you'll think about, oh, yes, I'm going to make, I don't know, maybe your goal is $10,000 that month. And if you feel anxious <laughs> when you set that goal, guess what? You might get the goal and you're going to be anxious. <laughs> I've done that. I know. I've been there. I made my goal. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to pull my hair out. So, <laughs> how do you so that's before you even finish like how do you that's such a huge problem for people like the you attract what you focus on and the way that you feel when you're setting goals or the way that you feel when you're marketing really matters it but matters then there's been hugely. I mean at first it matters hugely I've had these experiences though where like my biggest struggle is probably anxiety like out of all the kind mm -hmm. of minds of struggles you can have just like panicky I'm and then I get sister. into the yeah, I, so it's like as soon as I and I've gotten you know I've got all these tools and like you said earlier, like I wish there was just a process that just worked every time. Here, step one, step two, step three, step four. And it's always different because we're always healing and like building resilience. And so, do you have any advice for when people get when people are stuck in an emotion that's not serving them and mm -hmm. it's messing up their <laughs> their money and their manifestation? Do you have any advice on like, how do you get out of that emotion into a new emotion? Yes, absolutely. Um, and I wish I would say that my advice is easy. So in order to thrive as a human being, full stop, entrepreneur, whatever that second, in order to thrive and grow as a human being, the very first step is positive self-regard. It all starts there. Because if you do not have that, that fertile soil in your mind garden, if you will, nothing grows, if that makes sense. It's, it, it, it is inauthentic to think that you can be grateful and produce these happy emotions for someone that you don't regard in a positive light. So that's step number one. 
sounds easy. <laughs> it took me 30 some years to get there. Um, right. so that's, yeah, I mean, that's, it's, a, it's a whole thing, like right there. That's like an entire mindset workshop, positive self-regard, just that. And that's, but that's step number one. And then from there, once, once you arrive at that, at that understanding of what positive self-regard is, it's not just physical and it's not just taking, you know, long walks in the, in the park, you know, positive self-regard is truly loving yourself for who you are, mind, body, spirit, soul, emotion, all the stupid things you've done. Now that's something I've been working on lately. I realize that I have positive self-regard for all these other bits, except for the dumb crap I've done and the mistakes and the failures and the shame, right? That's where things get sticky. Once you do get, and I'm not saying you can't do any of this until you have it all figured out, but it's once you start understanding the path and start accepting yourself, that's when, you can lean on love. I know it sounds weird, <laughs> but it's important. So if you're thinking, okay, I have all these negative stuff coming up and I'm, you know, these doubts, fears. Step number one for me is absolutely letting it all go, reducing my thinking levels, coming to what I call a zero state. And then the only emotion I focus on is just love, just love and then i can create from that standpoint but until i get to the zero state put myself in the love emotion i can't create productively and it, and yeah. it sounds kind of woo but it does have neuroscience there's actually scientific research backs all this <laughs> there sure is yeah it's all all the stuff that you guys hear about and the law of attraction sounds like the most woo woo thing in the world and every mm -hmm. single thing in law of attraction is can be tied to science and psychology. Absolutely. Um, and I think I love what you just said. I feel like I had a conversation with someone recently where there's kind of similar advice and I really related to it, which is the, you find these over time when you work through these processes, which is very like messy and emotional. And sometimes you get it right away. And sometimes you're stuck in the muck for a while, but you, um, you find these anchors mm -hmm. and that's kind of been um, my, it's not, I don't know that it's love for me necessarily, or even joy or even gratitude, but I found like an anchor that I feel mm -hmm. like deeply in my body. <laughs> it's like, if we almost, oh, you know, maybe I talked about it on another episode recently, but we almost, no, well, anyway, it doesn't matter where I talked about it, but we almost lost one of our cats recently. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of a traumatic story where he'd gotten outside and he's an inside only cat. And we didn't realize he was still outside. We came home and something had happened. He had gotten attacked by something or, but he was in bad shape. He wouldn't let us come near him. And so when he survived that experience and came to the other side, I feel this whole new level of gratitude and affection for him. And he wants to, he's always wanted to be like on me all the time. <laughs> you, you've met this cat, you know how outgoing yeah. he is. But before I would get so annoyed about it. And now that I have this like renewed sense of gratitude for him, I can like, when he wants to sit in my lap, literally every single morning during my mindset routine, he wants to sit in my lap when I'm meditating. Mm -hmm. And I just feel that, um, I guess it is gratitude or affection. I feel that like the, the love from him, you know, like the love from any animal, but that because I have that gratitude for his life, I can just feel this like 
it just feels like an anchor, like a warm, fuzzy anchor. And I can tie into that feeling. And so just like, you know, when you're struggling with a negative emotion, like the first step is, can I find a resource? And, right. you know, I'm getting a certification dealing with helping people more through like a trauma informed approach. And mm-hmm. the word that they use is resource, like you're resourcing. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I love that. That's so good. That's like the, one of the first steps is, for you, it's love and then creating for a place of that, but it could be any positive emotion that is a resource you can always feel in your body. Right. Even it's a gratitude practice. Gratitude practice is amazingly healthy. Um, in order for me to transition out of gut-wrenching anxiety every single morning with my brain cucked on, I managed to program my mind to start automatically going into gratitude practice before I even come conscious. And that was transformational because the only way I could shift it, I didn't know what else to do. I was at my wit's end. I was like, what am I going to do? I mean, I have like this bazillion item long list that my brain likes to remind me about because we told our brains that we have to have all the answers and it has to write, you know, and we have to have all the stuff. So it's just doing its job. You can't be mad at it, but you know, finding a, finding that anchor to the point and pets are wonderful. They're wonderful. I mean, I can't, you know, unfortunately, I don't have any because I'm allergic, but it's, it's, you know, I do get adopted by my neighbor's pets and pets are wonderful. They can feel that love and they're just beautiful channels of love and, and support. So yeah, that's another great anchor to find. And from there, then create the state that you want to either manifest from or, or create your marketing or your intentions from that state. That's so incredibly important. And I think a lot of folks get it right, like Dr. Joseph Spenza in his book, you know, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. He gets a lot of it right, but some of it's a little too complex. And I like to simplify things to the point, you know, to what's really, what's the essence here? What are we really trying to get at? I, I love that you're like saying how wonderful pets are. And my dog is barking like a jerk yeah, in the barking background. Barking. <laughs> interview. <laughs> muting myself because we have our ac being where so i'm like so you're saying pets are wonderful i'm like yeah i mean they're also total assholes <laughs> yeah that's all right i have a train coming because it always waits until i'm doing something really important <laughs> well luckily, luckily i don't hear that in the background so that's good um and so mindset obviously has played a huge role in your growth and so i kind of want to roll back to this but you so you were doing live events and you brought a lot of your live events into the online space do you get most of your clients from LinkedIn or referrals or? Yeah, so I do apologize about the train in the background. You may hear that. But so I, I, I can't hear my, it, luckily. <laughs> it's coming. The train. The train of <laughs> profitability and positivity is coming. Oh, I uh, hear it now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It gets quite loud. And um, so really, there we go. Um, it's mostly through referrals and LinkedIn and online, um, virtual events, presentations. So it's a combination. What I like to do is not necessarily put all my eggs in one basket, right? So I find that's very, very important for, uh, just in caseness, you know, mental perspective. And I also don't try to do all the things, if that makes sense. Like I don't try to become a LinkedIn guru. Um, I don't try to do all every speaking event. I, like 
do four or five speaking events a week like I did in 2020. So I want to do that again. So I, I like to get the diverse worm leads from different areas. I've been working on LinkedIn for many, many years. LinkedIn takes some time to build momentum and build steam. And once you do have the momentum, it's very helpful, but it does take some time to do. So that's one area, of course, you know, um, the, the presentations, of course, is another area, and then referrals is a third area. I'm also exploring another area using LinkedIn Navigator. So again, more of the LinkedIn space. So we're trying to have fun with it. That's the important thing, I think, for me, particularly if you're thinking about, ooh, am I toying with burnout? What can you have fun with in your business? Yeah. Oh, and that's perfect, because that was my next question. It's kind of tying it into, like, because I think mindset and marketing are so much more related than people realize, like the way that you present and find clients or sell courses or, you know, Aaron and I both happen to be coaches, but it doesn't matter if you're a coach or if you're selling a $7 printable, the way that you show up to sell your stuff is really mm -hmm. impacted by your mindset. And I think what you said is so key um, is it does this feel fun for me? I've, I was running Facebook ads for so many years because I was doing it in my corporate career. And so as soon as I had my own business, I'm like, I'm running Facebook ads all the time for this or that and not even looking at the ROI. And <laughs> so like, it was a way for me to like release the how. And, you know, I had, I kind of burned out last year and then took a break from selling for a couple months, came back into it, started trying to run ads to a webinar again. And my body was like, no. And now after I'd had that break, I had this clarity and like learning to tune into my body to help because yes. you're, as you know, like your, your vagus blood nerve, like you're, we think that our brain and our mindset is this when really like it's your whole body. Like this yes. is just such a yeah. small part of your whole body, your head. Yeah. Um, and so if you can use your whole body to start tuning into like what is aligned, like you have all this other subconscious information that you can't consciously process. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was just such an interesting experience to be learning about um, like a more somatic approach, like the, like incorporating more of your body into your mindset work. And then to have this very physical reaction and like, nope, we're not like my nervous system very clearly was like freaking out too much. Mm -hmm. And I think as entrepreneurs, it's important to get uncomfortable, but there's like a threshold. That's of, a level, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I feel like there's there's discomfort in which you constantly want to be stretching, and then there's the like, I want to I feel like I'm gonna die, which is what you don't want to push into. <laughs> but, yeah. um, but so that was such an interesting realization to have such a clear cut way of like, oh, this isn't fun for me. It was just something I was doing on autopilot for so long. Mm -hmm. So how how do you find that you're how do you find that your mindset has impacted the way that you've marketed yourself over the years? Because you've marketed in lots of different ways. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Well, I will say this. Um, mindset plays a role in multiple different aspects of marketing the business. As entrepreneurs, we see it all the time, right? The million programs out there. Oh, be a six-figure coach. Oh, do this. Oh, you have to be here. You have a TikTok video, da, 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 like all the things. And you don't have to do all the things. You don't. You need to know where your ideal client shows up and show up there. Um, and when you show up there, 
show up in the space of gratitude and and have it be fun for you. If it's not fun for you, then maybe investigate what's going on. Um, that makes it unfun. Because I, I do my own social media marketing. One, because I have a fairly niche audience. I don't need to be on 14 different platforms and it's really not necessary for me to have a marketing person do that for me. And I kind of like creating my own social posts. I know that's terrible, but I do, I like it. Uh, <laughs> so I know myself um, because I want it to be my message to attract my ideal client. Now that's not everybody's game, right? And it's not necessary for sure, but that's just how I show up. And because I'm doing it, that means I have to have the right mindset when I'm creating that long form post, for example, because if I don't have the right mindset, chances are I won't choose the right words. It's what's, what's interesting is from a neuroscience standpoint, when we talk about mindset and your know, perspective, da, 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 well, what it does is it creates automatic programs that drives the micro actions that then encourage you to deliver the results that you're focused on, basically. And it's those micro actions that count and add up. So when it comes to, when it comes to marketing, that's certainly a lot of micro actions they're adding up towards the results that you're focused on. If you're focused on the ones you don't want, guess what? <laughs> you get what you want <laughs> or get what you're focused yeah. on, you know, whether it's what you don't want or whether you want. So being very, very intentional about when you're putting yourself together for the, there are days where I don't post because I can't get myself in the right mindset. Yeah. It's a waste of time. Yeah, that's okay. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, yeah. Posting with the desperate, anxious energy is not a great way to, unless you want desperate, anxious clients. <laughs> right. <laughs> Whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so good. And any advice on, so you had a very successful book launch. So mm -hmm. you can talk about your book a little bit if you want, Elevate Your Career. Um, how did you plan for that launch? Because obviously writing a book is a long process. And I think a lot of authors, Think about the book and then not about the launch and you did both successfully so any advice for getting through the writing process and planning for a best-selling launch right right yeah there's a lot in that question um one of the things that made me take a little while to decide on the title was i knew that whatever content i put out there was a major part of my brand and now I'm like, okay, gosh, I wish I put a career in there and I wish I put impact, but you know, that's whatever, whatever, or at least I have more impact and income in the title, subtitle. But um, so yeah, it did take me a while to figure out what I wanted to write. The writing process for me, because I love to write, was actually quite quick. The publishing process took a while, um, as it should with you finding the right publisher. And the launch process was a lot faster than I expected to be. It was extremely intense process. Mm. Now, here's the thing. Bestsellers aren't bestsellers because we're inherently awesome people. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it's it to be the case. Um, I would love that to be the case, but that's, that's not necessarily the case. You, um, you're a bestseller because you have people that believe in you. Mm. Believe in you, believe in your message. Um, and 
when I found out on launch day and it was 6 30 I'll, I'll never forget this it was 6 30 I was so tired I couldn't even speak and I hadn't looked at any of my numbers because I was I've been I've done a book launch party I've done all the things right and it was so much over that entire month I just done all of that and I was just sitting there in my chair just like uh and my mother calls she's like how's the book doing I was like oh yeah I'm like, I don't know I haven't even looked at it and I, <laughs> I go there and I look at it and I'm like oh my god a bestseller book category and what came to me immediately was this immense feeling of gratitude for all the people who believed in me. That's what really struck home. Like just all those people who believed in me. And yeah, it was a click of a button, yet still, you know, it. It was such a big deal and I had such a mint gratitude for that. But yeah, when you're when you're doing a book launch, I could certainly I'm happy to share the process, but I don't think that's really what you wanted <laughs> as far as your question. Yeah, we don't have to go over the whole process. Yeah. Probably, uh, another another interview or a paid right. webinar. But, yeah. it, but when I know you planned really well for the launch. Like you knew when the book was coming out roughly, because you don't know the exact date, right? If you're oh, yeah. published no, or uh, you? When you do a hybrid publishing model like I did. Um, oh, I didn't go yeah. through, like, I didn't submit my book to a million publishers and for them to turn their nose up at me. Um, I did a hybrid publishing model because honestly, now you, if, if you, if for any reason you're thinking about making money off a book, you can make just as much, um, pretty much publishing yourself almost. But any rate, uh, yeah, I did a hybrid model. So I drove all of that. I drove all of that. Um, I did it the most effective and straightforward, efficient manner, humanly possible which um, at that time was through Kindle, KDB Publishing. And I hired someone to do the back behind the scenes process because I'm not a KDB expert, nor do I want to learn how to be an expert. So I hired someone to do that for me because I'm like, eh, nope. And um, yeah, so we set the date and then I just set the marketing wheels in motion and just cranked out the emails and the social posts and just basically, you'll feel like you're barraging people. Yes, you're barraging people. Barrage them. It's okay. Well, that's what a launch is. That's what a <laughs> that's launch, what a launch is. Like. <laughs> that's, it's so, when he, I, you know, just a side note about launching in general is whenever I'm launching, I always feel like I'm, you know, harassing people. And then I remember after one of my failed launches in 2019, I only sold like a couple of the course during that launch, went back through and looked at my emails and social media. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the hell I was talking about there. Like, it was just so, I felt like I was bombarding people, but I wasn't. I was just thinking about it all the time. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, don't be afraid to, people have to see it seven times to see it for the first time. That's right. That's right. Yeah. In fact, um, I, did a, I did a launch for the um, one-year anniversary of my book, and that brought in, I did a launch basically a, a celebration launch and then did a, you know, it was an effortless workshop series. It was so funny, Allison. I put minimal effort, like no effort in it really whatsoever. I did three free, like after hours, like workshops, gave them a bunch of tools that I already had, just a little snippet of this so I could get a taste of what some genius is like, and like a little bit of career advancement, a little bit of this other thing and a mindset. And we, we just met for an hour with folks who signed up to participate for free and had my best-selling month. That's awesome. Very cool. I love that. So then <laughs> you're, during your, I, that's, 
that's a good lesson. You worked really hard, became a bestseller, but then you worked less hard and had your best selling month. <laughs> right, right. And but to hear something, you know, the, chances are you probably already have the tools and the guys and the things already available. Yeah. People, I have a note here right on my desktop. I love to I love to um to read this to you, actually. Let me let me open this up because it's really important. It's a reminder. Just just to remind myself, like to remember, remember this, Erin. People expect you to have a wait list, charge more than you do, and hold them accountable. And it's just a reminder that it's okay to do those things. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Very cool. So I've loved our conversation and I can't wait to get it all transcribed and to go through it again, but tell us where we can find you. What are you focused on now? All right, great. So you can find me at coacheurban.com. And of course I have a bunch of freebies, great resources available. Um, also I have a YouTube channel and yada, yada. So you can find all that there at coacheurban.com. And what I'm doing next, I'm really fo focusing on the zone of genius. And that helps people understand what their ideal path is that aligns with their core drivers, their priorities, their values, their strengths, their gifts, and their talents. So they can thrive in this very challenging time and to create a fulfilling, you know, professional life. So very cool. CoachEurban.com. And what's your are you still doing your podcast? Absolutely. Yes, I have a podcast as well. Um, you can yeah. find me. If YouTube. you guys are listening to this one, go listen to that one too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have a podcast. I'm live on LinkedIn, on YouTube, and Facebook every Tuesday, 11 o'clock a.m. Central Standard Time. And of course, the podcast is on, available on all the channels, including a few that I've never heard of. And also have a, a YouTube channel. Uh, you can find that at Coach Urban as well, um, YouTube channel now. So, yeah. It's they're all very exciting and it's a lot of fun and I love I love doing every single bit of it. And I love this podcast with you, Allison. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. And um you guys can follow, we'll leave all the links in the show notes and in the blog post. And Aaron, I will talk to you again very soon. Absolutely. Once again, this is Allison and thank you so much for listening. As a business and mindset coach, I help content creators get more visible so they can get paid with intentional strategy while thinking outside the box and by leveraging your unique passions. Make sure to find the free group Mindful Marketing Mavens on Facebook for over 100 free training videos. And then make sure to head to our website, alisonreeves.co to apply for business coaching.